Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful has everything you need in terms of pop culture, horror, content. And they also have a great series running on Women in Horror right now for Women in Horror Month. So go check out what they have to offer. Speaking of Women in Horror Month, we are keeping the interview train rolling with Ember Burns. Not only does Ember have a fantastic name, she's a great actress, writer, and director. With her short, The Motel, set for release later this year. So be sure to check out her content and everything she has going on, past and future. And enjoy the interview with Ember Burns. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Alrighty, I'm here with Ember Burns. Uh, which is an awesome name, by the way. Thank you. Throw that out there. Uh, she is an actor, a writer, director, a whole lot of different things in the world of entertainment. So, uh, first off, I guess I should ask, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. Now, I noticed uh, on your IMDb page there that you have a, a film coming out uh, next year, I believe, called Parallels, right? Yes. Uh, actually, I, right before you had called, I was actually emailing my like little perk pushing video for the Indiegogo that we have going on. Oh, okay. Very nice. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, last week, I guess it was, I, I chatted with uh, Brittany Blanton, who's on that film as well. Oh, okay. Have I you, love I, Brittany. Yeah, have you met her yet? Uh, actually, yeah. She's one of my very close friends. Oh, there you go. So... Yeah, so that I, when I saw the, uh, the, no pun intended, the parallels there, I thought that was a, a pretty cool little connection. Uh, so what, what's, what's your experience been like on film sets as an actor? Uh, well, each film set is extremely different from the last one. Each director does things differently, so... Um, it's, it's a blast or it could be extremely stressful. Um, (laughs) uh, like I said, it really depends on, on the project and the director and the cast and how you're going with it and how long you've been on set and are your like weather conditions okay. And it really just, it's, it's a whole different beast each time you deal with a set. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's very understandable. Um, have you ever had any, I guess, uh, on each end of the spectrum, any great experiences and any bad experiences? You don't have to name any names or anything like that. Just out of curiosity, I've always been curious about how, especially with somebody with uh, a large pedigree of films like you do um, at, at such a young age. So just, you know, there's got to be an extreme on each end. I'm just kind of curious more than anything. So there are some directors that I refuse to work with because they just don't have it together (laughs) um and then there's some directors that every time they throw a project out i'm trying to get involved with it in some which way because they're just phenomenal to work with right but 
I am not afraid of tackling the nude roles, which okay. I do take on very often. And I make everybody uncomfortable on set because I'm always <laughs> naked. <laughs> well, it shouldn't be anything to be uncomfortable about. It's just a human body. Everybody's seen some sh- shape or form of it in some sense. Yeah, but I think it's a little different when everybody else is fully clothed and then there's yeah. that one random naked <laughs> chick. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, no, that's really cool. That's very brave because uh, there's obviously not a lot of actresses or actors out there who are willing to, to bear it all, so to speak. So kudos to you on that. Oh, joke's on them. I don't really have much going up on top, so. <laughs> well, it's not about what you have. It's about what you do with it, right? Very true, very At true. Least that's what I've been told my whole life. <laughs> um, so uh, do you prefer doing roles that require you to... I guess not step out of the comfort zone, so to speak, but kind of put yourself out there a little bit more. Do you, does it matter if it's a little more tame? Do you have a preference? Um, I prefer to play the villain or the victim more than like the damsel in distress or anything along those lines. I did just do a role for a movie called Violet and I played a mom and that was a very different role for me. I had to have different levels of emotion and, mm-hmm. you know, be in tune with my daughter and in the situation. And um, I had, like I said, different levels of emotion. There's moments where I'm happy with my daughter. There's moments where I'm in my own world. There's moments where I'm in arguments with her. There's moments where I cry with her. So it's it's was a whole crazy different film. And then I play a role where I'm a demon and I crawl out from underneath the bed. I'm like, this is easy. I can do this all day. <laughs> like, just film me on my everyday life. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, okay, so for a role like uh, where you play the mother, do you try to draw on any inspiration? Do you go to other actors or actresses, other films? Because the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think of like a, a very in-depth motherly role is D. Wallace and Cujo. Because, <laughs> I mean, the range of emotion she goes through in that movie is... It's insane, yeah. Right. So do you do that or do you just, do you have your own process? What's what's the deal with that? So leading up to this role, I did watch a lot of like mom and daughter type of like romance movies and the Lifetime movies and all of that and <laughs> really studied like the emotion of how someone would be if their child was aggravating them or if they were really trying to get through to them and stuff along those lines. Um, most boring films I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, well, you do what you got to do for the craft, right? So Right. Yeah, if even if it is torturous sometimes. Um, yeah, the director, Samuel, for that film, um, I didn't actually audition for it. He reached out to me because the person that he had casted to be my daughter, we have very similar features. Okay. And he reached out to me and basically was like, pretty, pretty, pretty please. And I was <laughs> like, this is completely out of my comfort zone. And it really was. I struggled on set. I can truly say I struggled with that set. Mm-hmm. Um it was the memorizing of the lines that was the hardest for that. Cause I said, like I said, it was a range of emotion. So mm-hmm. I would have long paragraphs of dialogue where I would have to start off stern and then, you know, fall into a, Oh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to lose my daughter type of an emotion. And then completely have to switch that in the midst of this long dialogue. Right. Like, that was, that was definitely something very different. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's weird they say that something like that is out of your comfort zone, but you walk around naked on set. 
I would rather be <laughs> stabbed and mutilated butt naked than ever do another mom <laughs> role again. <laughs> Unless I was like an evil mom, I could do it. But. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, everybody's got their thing, right? So, yeah. Uh, this being Women in Horror Month, uh, not that I want to look at any sort of negatives or anything, but I do think it's important to shine a little bit of light on any struggles you may have come across based on, you know, being a woman in horror. Has, have you ever come across any obstacles that you felt were directed at you because you were a woman? Um. Well, I get the whole... Um... I have gotten in the past, uh, you know, we don't need as many pretty faces on set and that type of negativity said to me. But other than that, I think I think everybody's kind of like taking a, a turn and looking at women directors and women actresses in horror as a little bit more than what we were seeing before. Um, we're we're like I said before, we are the reason that we get stalked and the movie is built around us and we look the best covered in blood and we're scream queens for a reason. Right. You know, I, I think 10 years ago it was different and now everybody's more excited to see what comes out of a woman's perspective from the directing and the acting than they are of the typical everyday male type thing. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a very valid point. And you're right, there have been a lot more um, I, I don't want to use the word feminist so much, but kind of feminist horror coming out of the, the the industry a little bit more than, as you said, about 10 years ago. So have you ever had a role that you really, really uh, liked that you if you if it turned into a sequel that you'd be like, yep, I'm in 100 percent. Oh, definitely. Um, I have a character that I created for a clown movie uh, called Slaughterhouse. And her name is Heavenly Holly. And she is everything I am not. Like, (laughs) I love her so much. She has her own little following. She actually did get greenlit for a sequel. Well, Uh a prequel of her life. Okay. Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, um, she was just originally she was supposed to be just like a little extra added into the group of clowns and the clowns all wear masks and they're in tuxedos and they're very much not colorful and Holly comes in with face paint so you can see all her face features and she's in a little polka dotted dress that's covered (laughs) in blood and she lives in a dog cage and she has a jar of penises that she's kept (laughs) and she only has two settings she's either very childlike and nice or she's extremely vindictive and naughty and she just is so cruel throughout the movie when she gets the green lit to be naughty <laughs> did you get to keep the jar of penises just out of curiosity so actually we do have the jar of penises and we filmed this in indiana and i live in ohio and i do go out to indiana very often to be a part of the festivals and i do get to see the team that i worked with and we filmed this three years ago and a year ago we opened the jar of penises and it was the worst smelling thing i was like oh What, what was it made of so um harry he the the makeup artist for it he actually casted a bunch of penises and put them in a jar and filled it with like water and a little bit of blood to make it look like you know i had just freshly chopped them all off they're fresh souvenirs yeah 
Yeah. And I would like to also point out that the guys gave me full range to develop my characters. So like living in the dog cage and the collecting the jar, what's in the jar and everything along those lines, that's all for me. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. It's going to take me a second to wrap my head around a jar. <laughs> Your little uh, quiver shake going on. Um, I've also noticed that you have written and directed a handful of shorts as well. Um, so what, what's it like being on the other side of the camera? Um, so it, that was a really big step for me because I, I went from being told what to do and being all eyes on one person to being the person that has all eyes on me to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off with public service announcements. I did a don't text and drive and a don't drink and drive public service announcement. And they're very hard hitting. They were my first round of writing and it, um, I didn't want it to be like a funny story or a horror story. I wanted it to be reality and your actions and the consequences that they have. And my don't text and drive Elizabeth story is by far my main character, Rachel, she kills it as the mother in it. In the end, she just get chills watching it as she's just screaming out for her daughter. And then my actors in the don't drink and drive Brad story, that one, the Don't Text and Drive is more aimed towards teenagers, and the Don't Drink and Drive is more aimed towards 21 and up. Um, and we had like a, a like a college type party, and my actors for that were each different type of uh, person that you would see in school, and they all killed it and really brought you into the world with it. And then I didn't know where to go from that because I had written two hard hitting things that anything else that I touched, I felt like was going to just be like me dragging on something. So that's when I decided to step into horror and I locked myself away one winter and wrote a bunch of scripts and just recently filmed my first one. Oh, really? And when's that due out? Uh, so the motel just fit wrapped up and everything. We have one final pass at it for editing. Um, we're getting ready to start our indie, or I'm sorry, we have a Kickstarter that we're doing. Our Kickstarter next Friday, actually, so that we can make DVDs. Um, on the DVD itself, we'll have the motel, which is a short behind-the-scenes video made, um, some deleted scenes, commentary from the actors, and also the directors. Um, my, my Myself and Chad will be talking over it and explaining like the process of it and whatnot. Um, and then we're also going to add the public service announcements to the DVD to just fatten it up a little bit. So we're looking at June of this year. Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, where will people be able to get it? So we, the motel has a Facebook page. It's a motel slash short film. And we will be promoting the indie, or the Kickstarter. Excuse me, I keep saying Indiegogo. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> Parallel. Right, but <laughs> Parallels is on Indiegogo, and we're on Kickstarter, uh, so I'm, I'm doing both of them. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you'll be able to catch us through there, and then we're in all like the, the social media groups through Facebook for all of that. And, of course, it has an IMDb page, so definitely check out that. So are you going to submit this to any uh, film festivals or uh, anything of that sort? 
Um, so it's going to definitely go to the festival that I visit every October in Indiana, which is the Midwest Horror Fest. Um, and I have been a part of this festival now with them for two years. I set up a booth every year. And that's actually how I know Brittany Blanton oh. is me and her put our booths together. And me and her also worked on um, a movie called uh, Kill Dolly Kill together um, so that's how we originally met, but we always do our booths together and, um, have a blast. It's like our girl weekend. So oh, well, that sounds like it will definitely be shown there. We're going to do a private showing, um, for the, the cast and crew so they can show off to the, cause I'm, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. We have a very huge film community here. Right. So we're going to do a local showing to everybody is kind of like, Hey, look, I did something cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, actually, we're going to do that on March 13th, so Friday the 13th. Oh. And then um, we're going to release a director's cut. For, the director's cut is going on the DVD, and we're going to release the regular one on YouTube for a live viewing. Oh, well, that'd be fantastic. You got to send me the yeah. link when that happens. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for how we're doing this. It it. Really taught me a lot. It was so a little bit about it is it is a um, Dr. Kevorkian pleasure motel. So basically, it's a motel for to help you with assisted suicide, and you can have one hurrah before you go. Right. Um, but it is a front for a secret family, which you find out through the movie. Ooh, no spoilers. Yes, no spoilers because I, I, it's, it's a short film. It's and it literally escalates so quickly through right. the film that you're just going to be sitting there like jaw dropped from each moment. There's no, there's no time in between anything for you to just like have any downtime. And the way I wrote it was, I was inspired by the movie Mama, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the short for it. I uh, no, I haven't actually. So it was originally picked up through a festival because it was originally a short and the directors fell in love with it and they decided to write a whole feature off of it. And that's what I did with the motel was I wrote it so action packed in the short that if someone sees it and they want to pick it up, there's so much going on that they're able to spread it out all the way through and make a feature of it. Uh, how long is this one, the, the runtime on it? Uh, it is roughly 12 minutes. Oh, OK. So it's. Yeah, super action packed then. Yes, from start to finish, it 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 literally just goes the whole time. It's insane. <laughs> uh, I'm always curious because uh, every filmmaker seems to has a have a, a different um, process when they're making films. As you said, everybody's different. Every set's kind of crazy in their own way. How long did it take you to shoot uh, like a 12 minute short film? So we actually shot it in two days. Okay. Um, so. I had an amazing crew going into this. Um, Chad helped me out so much. He filmed everything and was my co-director in this. And then Tim Hale helped me cast everything. And then I got so lucky and I picked up this amazing assistant director named Julie. And together... We talked every single day. We dissected the script. We had long phone conversations. Um, every single time we had an idea, we, you know, 
we had a group message going for almost four months leading up to the film date. And I stayed in complete contact with my actors. I had long phone conversations with them once they were casted um, with each way that their character is because it is so short. They only have so much time to do so much in the film. And there's very little dialogue in this film also. So it's so much body language and expression through it. Um, so we, like I said, picked it apart all the way to the point where we could literally look at each other and just like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this and this and this and not even look at the script anymore. We had it that memorized. Well, that's all you can ask for from your actors. Yeah, it, <laughs> Actors day of, so like I said, we did this in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, actors day of, they each arrived at different times, and we, of course, didn't film in order. We filmed uh, different ways. So it's called the motel, and obviously it's shot at a motel, mm-hmm. but we only filmed one scene inside an actual motel and filmed the exteriors for it. The other part, we built the motel inside of a garage, Holy and we filmed all day in this garage. We had a 10 hour day in the garage and an hour day in the hotel (laughs) that we actually did. Um, but it was, it worked out so great. I had each of my actors come at different times and the buildup was amazing. Even though it's completely all the way different through the film, it was just so clean because as soon as my actors were there, they were ready to go. I had in-depth talk to them so much. They physically had seen the building of the set. They had physically seen us walk them through everything and blocking was unbelievably easy my makeup artist ron george really brought everything to life and you know really went up and beyond in the situation to really bring the gore aspect to it um i everybody on set was just mind-blowing i i i still can't even believe it went that (laughs) (laughs) well and this is kind of your your first major short right Yes. And and since it went that smoothly, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Would you have liked maybe a little bit more obstacles so you kind of know what to expect? Because you know the next one you make it probably won't run as smoothly. You never strike, you know, lightning never strikes twice. And if it does, well, then, you know, just ride that train forever sort of thing. But would you have preferred maybe having a hiccup or two here? Or did you like exactly, you know, like this was really fun, easy, not easy, but, you know, easy going, so to speak. What's your take on that? Um, I did have a hiccup on set. One of my actors didn't show up and it threw off a balance. But then my actors on set were so quick to just jump up and make the scene even more full than what it was. That was a hiccup. Um, That was really the only hiccup that I can think of. But I have been on over a hundred plus sets from indie to Hollywood. So I've seen major hiccups to right. minor hiccups and simple solutions to mind blowing solutions to MacGyver working <laughs> his magic. So I think in a way I'm prepared You're to go prepared. into it, but would I have been, <sighs> I don't think any director wants to say I would have liked a little bit more ruckus on my set for the day. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. uh, it was so smooth that I I am a little nervous. So my next two projects that I will be doing script wise will be filming pretty close to one another, mm-hmm. and I'm working with 
I'm working with Chad again on one end. We're doing an Alistair Crowley short that I wrote, and that's going to be roughly about 30-ish minutes. And then I'm working on with another director. Uh, her name is India, and I filmed on another project that she did, and I loved her look at things. So I have a um, short that I gave her called No Loose Ends that is going to be another, like, 12 minute type short but it's it's different locations and it's it's so much going on in that 12 minutes too again written to be stretched out into a feature right leave a little bit more room for development <coughs> development of characters and whatnot right mm-hmm. um so again with this being women in horror month what does that mean to you and for you being a woman in horror um you know it like i said it's my best advice for anybody that's coming into the horror and is a woman is take the statement, it's a man's world, and throw it out the window. Because <laughs> it's it's not. It really isn't. Right. It's both of our worlds, and we both bring a different aspect of it. And I think women need to be able to speak up because we're more demented than men are, and we're putting out <laughs> – crazier more twisted things that guys are like oh my god why do i like you <laughs> right like like penises and jars listen if you <laughs> still stuck on that by the way <laughs> if you have a conversation with any woman in horror and ask her her per if she could ever like kidnap and torture someone what she would do with them you'll definitely gain a whole bunch of knowledge from that person just by their like top torture idea <laughs> That's, that's the next time I meet anybody. I'm just gonna ask them that straight up. That yeah, should definitely be one somebody, of your. Yeah. What, what you it do? should definitely be one of your questions now. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, minus the the penis jar, um, what would be your your preferred method of torture? Uh, okay, so it does involve a penis, actually. Well, that's fine as long as it's not in a jar, you know, or with multiple, I guess. <laughs> um, well. It. I would like to apologize for the pain that I'm about to inflict with my words. That's all right. I have always thought about strapping a man up and putting a tube in his urethra and cracking it like a glow stick and forcing him to drink water. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's a little torturous. Literally putting anything up the urethra is kind of a <laughs> unpleasant experience. So. Oh yeah. Oh, alrighty. So you're not coming to my next party, just. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, as a director, writer, actor, and model, I've seen your Instagram page too, which is fantastic. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> what is your? If you had to do, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you only had to do one for the rest of your life. What would it be? I think it would be direct. Yeah? Yeah, I I really do. Something about watching everybody come together and giving them the space to make their art and the project for them to do it. I think that is more rewarding than anything i i do enjoy watching the spark in a director's eyes when i make the scene come to life the way that they envisioned it or i bring a little different aspect to it that they never thought of for the character or something along those lines but i crave that magic that they see so i think directing would definitely be it yeah yeah and there's always a loophole where if you're the director you can just put yourself in it 
And you know what? That's it. I had I had to do that for my second PSA because there were four actors in the car, and I the car was so little that I had to be one of the actors <laughs> so that I could be the director too. But I literally wrote myself having one line driving there. You don't even really see me in the party at all because I'm not like on my phone. So like you just imagine I'm like off on the phone, right? And then I'm asleep in the car on the way back. So like I didn't give myself anything, but. I don't know if I would want to be a Stanley and pop up in my film. <laughs> Stanley, Kevin Smith as well. He's in all his. Oh, stuff. right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a fine art to that as well. Being able to to wear multiple hats at once. I think it is exciting when you're watching one of those films and you are expecting that cameo and you're waiting for yeah. it the whole time. But, <laughs> but I, I'm not a name like Stanley or Kevin Smith. So if I pop up, they're like, oh, look at her. She's so conceited. She had to be a director and an actor, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's one way to put it. Another way is <laughs> I've shot a few shorts of my time and, and to, to keep the cast to a minimum, I'm like, OK, fine. I'll do the part nobody else wants to. Oh yeah, yeah. I just do see because, a lot of directors do yeah. that, and it just it depends on again on the the director um, and how they feel about you know how big they want their cast and set to be. Some like it very intimate, you know, having just two or three actors, and then you get that kind of more intimate feel. And if you're one of them, then it's even you know smaller set. But it, it's just preference at that that point, I believe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, so. With, you know, all, all your projects coming up and, and the the shorts that you're doing, what advice, and we, we've kind of talked about advice, but for uh, a, maybe a young woman in her 20s, just out of school or something like that, wanting to get into uh, film, be directing or acting or writing, what would you suggest be the first step that they take? Um, well, with anything, it would be networking and social media is the best place ever. You can literally type in any type of hashtag or anything like that and immediately have all these networking groups and, you know, chances to join and go to these events and meet and greet and possibly start off, you know, low on the totem pole if you've never done it before, you know, be the person that stands there and make sure everyone's quiet or hands out the water. And then you have the ability to learn anything that you want while you're on that set. And then you can work your way up. That's how I did it. I have no acting or training through school at all. Everything that I have learned, I physically have learned while I've been on set or I've YouTubed or Googled. Right. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's the best way to learn is to, to do it and get the experience because, you know, uh, stereotypically, if you're in, you know, theater school, what is, uh, what's the point on learning to be a tree? You know, like... Exactly. Stand there, be a willow. Okay. How's this going to help me be a serial killer in the next movie? Like, exactly. You know, other than, you know, maybe following around a serial killer, which <laughs> could be fun. Just don't get caught, I guess. But yeah, it's it's fantastic to see somebody with such a pedigree like, like yourself really uh, embracing who you are with your confidence and, you know, the roles you take and the movies you make. It's, it's really it's great to, to see something like that. And I don't want to, you know, try to butter you up or sound like any, you know, like I'm just like stroking ego or something, but I really mean it. And that's kind of what the whole purpose of women in horror month is, is to shed the light on people who have this talent and really want to get it out there. And, you know, if I can help you get, 
five more followers or something like that or get noticed by somebody, then I'm beyond ecstatic. Um, sorry, go on. Oh, no, 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 no. I heard I the breath. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's I was, allergy I was to ramble, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's allergy season over this way. We got snow, so all yeah. the heat is extra high. Oh, uh, yeah, it's all dry. Yeah, no, same here. I'm in Canada, mm-hmm. so I know what you're talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, sucks. It was like minus 21 today when I woke up. Ugh. The Celsius, think, not Fahrenheit. Yeah, I <laughs> so. think we are, we're 19 degrees right now. Okay, so Fahrenheit. it's pretty, so, I think it's pretty comparable at that point. Eh, well. I'm, I'm not sure I, the, the translation. I, <laughs> I, th- I think at any point where you live somewhere where you walk outside and the air hurts your face, it's <laughs> yeah. not a very pleasant place to live. Yeah, no, I was walking to work and there's like icicles forming on my beard. I was like, Ugh. this is unpleasant. Because then you get inside Ugh. and it all melts. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. This is why I shave my beard off. Yeah, right? I should start <laughs> doing that. <laughs> shave my legs every day, but never my beard. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. uh, so is there anything else you want to share uh, before we you know, let you go for the, the weekend here? It is Valentine's Day, too. So happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to you. Um, I guess I should plug some of the stuff I got coming up. Yeah, I absolutely. That would be a big thing. So I did t- mention Parallels. This is a really huge film. We were only looking for 8000 for our main Indiegogo goal, and we're at almost $10,000 wow. donated. I know. it. It is unbelievably phenomenal and the actor who plays art the clown in terrifier Mm -hmm. even boosted our project for us so like now the pressure's on because i (laughs) i have i got i got a lead role and i'm like oh no art the clown's gonna be watching me um it's it's super exciting. I am so excited for the the differentness of this film. It, it's it's totally amazing. Again, check it out. It's parallels. It's got websites and Instagrams and Facebooks and uh, I don't know, probably Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> it's got all of that. Um, I have been waiting for a while. I have this amazing role and it is getting ready to be filmed soon is um the movie's called the devil's den and this is by far one of the craziest roles i have ever accepted i am so deranged through this that i make baby from house of a thousand uh corpse and devil's rejects look sane like my character is I was reading the script and I was just mind blown at everything that I get to do for that. So the devil's den. I'm very excited to work on that project. I picked up another project that I played two roles in. It's a short, it's called summer of 76. I'll be filming that this summer, obviously. And then, Oh, I don't even know. (laughs) So many things going on. eh? So, so many. I, it's, parallels is what's on my mind and then my kickstarter for the motel goes live next week so that's basically been what's on my mind for that uh, just a quick question about the uh, the kickstarter campaign is it i've i've run like one in the past and i got like a dollar donated so I've, i have very little experience or knowledge on crowdfunding is it standard to shoot the film first and then do the kickstarter or do it prior or is that so normally people do a kickstarter to have the budget to do the film right that's and 
uh, me and Chad decided that we were going to cover the budget of the film completely ourselves. Um, from building the set to costumes to catering, everything along those lines, we did it all ourselves. Um, basically, the Kickstarter is to raise money for the DVDs. Now, we've had, we've put two teasers out that have almost 6,000 views. We have a trailer that's getting ready to drop next Friday from the actual film where you'll get to see little cuts of it. Um, the teasers that we filmed were completely no scenes from the short, so they're their own little story themselves. Okay. Um, we've already released some very gory behind-the-scenes shots, so you have an idea of where the story's going. There's no mystery. The only mystery is the family at the end. That's right. your mystery. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, no, we definitely did it completely ass backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I kind of figured it was more for the distribution aspect because that doesn't sound like a cheap process. No, and we don't – our Kickstarter is only a $400 limit, believe it or not. We're not even doing it for that much. Um, and we only have – but we have five, uh, one, two, three, four, five different um, levels that we have. We have a $10 thank you credit. We have a $12 DVD only. Um, $25 is a thank you credit with signed behind the um, behind the scene shots from the cast and the DVD. $50 is the thank you credit, the behind the scene shots, the DVD, and a signed cover page of the script. And for $100, you can be the executive producer, um, there's only 15 of these, by the way. The mm -hmm. executive producer, all the stuff listed up top, and you get a piece of the set. Ooh. Yeah. Do they get to pick or? So basically what you're going to be getting is um, a piece of the dinner table. Uh, Which is part of the spoiler, I'd imagine. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just leave it but, at that. Yeah. Yeah. But when you when you see the behind the scenes photos that I put up, you'll see some of the pieces that are on the ta dinner table that we'll okay. definitely be putting out. So. Okay. Well, yeah, fantastic. it's super simple perks. I didn't want to like rob anybody's pockets. Mm -hmm. Four hundred is a lot, really, in the long run. I, I mean, we already have all of the BTS shots because printed and like all that stuff is done now it's basically this is everything that i have laid out for you would you mind donating to get a dvd right absolutely i suppose yeah they they donate to the kickstarter they'll get a dvd as well yes yeah. everything gets a dvd except for the ten dollar donation what is just a thank you credit just thank you credit yeah, fair enough. yes fair enough yeah i mean that seems fair to me yeah, I I mean I've paid more for just a thank you credit on <laughs> way shorter and way worse films. Not that my film is the best film ever, but you know, have you ever donated to a film and then got it and then you're just jaw dropped? Like, were they on drugs the whole time? <laughs> I, I have donated to one film and it was a friend of mine, and that was in God, a 2013 ish, and I don't think the film ever got released. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> it might have. That's always the. That's one of the hardest things about being an independent actor is is tracking down where the film goes after you're done filming it. Yeah, yeah. It was weird because I think I got a like a postcard thank you thing for the tear I did, but I don't remember ever seeing the movie. Now that you mention it, it's like I gotta contact them, see where what happened to that. But uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I really want to thank you for sitting down and having this chat with me. Um, go ahead and share your social media accounts or whatever you want to share uh, so people can find you and follow you and keep up to date with all your projects and your modeling and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, yeah, you can definitely follow my acting. Um, I do have a IMDb, Ember Burns. It's a picture of me smiling. So <laughs> um and then my modeling, I have a website, which is www.emberburns.com. And then you can also follow my Instagram, which is emberburns88. Awesome. All righty. Well, thank you again. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful chatting with you. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on and chatting with me. You're very welcome. Yes. And happy Valentine's Day again. <laughs> and to you too. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, on Facebook, at HorrorShots, Instagram, at HorrorShotsPhotography, and if you do want to support the podcast monetarily, you can absolutely do that as well, by hitting up my Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Lastly, if you want to show your pride for the show, you can do that as well. I do have a Redbubble store where you can get the Ominous Origins logo. You can also get the Horror Shots logo, as well as some original work that I've done in the past. And that link will be in the description as well. Thank you once again. Until next time. <laughs>